Ministry. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you to Anthony. He's back with you next week on LBC 97.3. Dreadful about George Michael. What was it dreadful? I mean, he actually he hadn't had a drink, but luckily swerved to avoid a motorcycle. <sighs> what a careless Vespa that must have been. Anyway, it's an old gag, I know, but you're going to hear it about five times this morning, because I liked it so much first time, I decided to repeat it. And I did like Dame Edna. There was a repeat of uh, his programme the other day, or her programme. And he said, you know, he said, I was blessed with something. He said, God gave me the ability to laugh at other people's misfortunes. I thought, we've got that this morning for two hours. After the news, which is next. Oh, sorry, we'll just have a, just a little private chat. Just Anthony and I, you know, we only get about two minutes at the end of the programme. He goes, and next it's Steve Allen, and then I go, thank you, Anthony. And then the news comes on, then he sits in here, then we have a whinge about something for two minutes, don't we? We do. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bless your heart. See you next week. Bye. I'll phone you later. <laughs> I always say that, and then it gets... I just said to him, I said, did you go to the figures meeting? And he said, yeah, you phoned me afterwards. <laughs> I can't, I'm hopeless, you know. It's definitely going, you know. Definitely going. But wasn't that a good line from Dame Edna? When she was on the table, she said, you know, she said, God gave me a gift, possums. God gave me a gift. She said, the ability to laugh at other people's misfortunes. And I thought, do you know, that's me completely. Because the more miserable somebody is, the happier I can become. You all do it. It's no good lying. I know every single one of you do it. That's why you listen to the programme. Every single one of you, at some point, will be rude about somebody, either in the paper, on the television, on the red. You all do it. And I love it. I absolutely can't get enough of it. You know, I know it's the same old faces, because, frankly, it's the same old people that we, get, that we get bored with. And even Jeannie says, you were talking about annoying people on television, Steve. Does that woman on the one show drive you crazy or not? I know, she's a bit smiley, smiley, Carol, smiley, or smiley, smiley, Carol, smiley. Because all she does is smile, because obviously she's got the teeth, she might as well show them off. And even if it's something serious with poor old Adrian uh, Charles, she sits there smiling, because she doesn't know what else to do with her mouth. Because what she is, is she's known in the business as a lame presenter. The reason she's lame is she's, she's there as a bit, of, a bit of totty to look at. There's no, there's no gravity to her or anything else like that. She's just over-made up. I've worked with people like that before. They're just over-made up, and they sit there, and they've got their sort of, you know, feet positioned carefully, and it's all a bit of an image. That's all. It, they, they don't actually think about what they're saying, which I found a bit depressing, really. Because I think it's supposed to think about what you say. We all watch television, we all listen to the radio, we all open up newspapers, we've all got favourite people. You know, 99% of people, as we did a survey on LBC the other week, couldn't care less whether Ronnie Biggs lives or dies. You couldn't care less. And yet you'll always manage to find somebody, oh, I think Ronnie Biggs is a marvellous person. You think, well, you're just a prat, aren't you? Go away. You know, it's like the Lockerbie bomber. Well, I think he should be freed on compassionate grounds. Yes, and I think we should take you out and hang you, you know, and then pelt you with rotten tomatoes. Because that's the kind of thing, people, you'll always find somebody who'll take the opposing view. Nobody's ever right all the time. You know, if you go, oh, I think we'll talk about the Almighty, you know, let's talk about Christianity. You'll find people who don't, who don't want to talk about Christianity. They don't like it. They think it's, you know, indoctrinating people, you know, ramming your views. You know, it's like people knocking on your door going, hello, would you like to be friends with Jesus? And the answer is not at this precise moment. I generally drop the towel and see how long they stand there for. You know, I just, oh, sorry about that. And I sort of, you know, dribble a little bit. And they run like heck, I tell you. Pick up their skirts and they are gone. But uh, thank you very much indeed for all your texts and uh, emails. Thank you uh, as well for all the, the presents which people send it. They don't send as many presents in as they do to Bill Buckley. Bill Buckley's audience quite clearly shoplift uh, because, I mean, they send in loads of stuff. I mean, you know, fridge freezers, typewriter, you name it, it arrives in, you know, all addressed to Bill Buckley. Strangely enough, sometimes even the clothing that comes into him has still got the electronic tags on it. How they get this stuff out the store, I've got no idea. 
Uh, Matthew sent me in the Swingle Singers. I don't know if you've ever heard the Swingle Singers, but I think they're great. I've known about them for years and years and years and years. They've been going as long as I have, if not a little bit longer. And the nice thing is they don't use instruments. All the stuff you hear on there is all their own voices. And it's really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Uh, from Noreen. <coughs> she was listening. Sorry. Take the coffee machine's done. Should we try coffee? Should we have a coffee? We're going to go, because there's two new girls doing the coffee machine at the moment. Different from the new normal bloke, so hope, hopefully we get China teacups. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? We get, I think it's unlikely, but uh, two new girls doing it. And Because uh, over the weekend, the coffee machine's never working. No, you walk in here and you think, I'll just do it, especially yesterday. God, I needed a cup of coffee. And I walked in, and because I couldn't see straight, I was really not functioning at all well. Having bought Christmas... And if you don't uh, know about that, you better podcast yesterday. But uh, Noreen podcasted January 07. And guess what? You'd bought Christmas pressies, Christmas DVDs. You don't change, do you, she says. Get them early, I always say. You had treated our Giles to Mark Sandwiches, bless him. He usually had the reduced ones. He used to, Giles used to come in with sandwiches. And I used to say, what's... And he bought it because it was reduced at the end of the day. And he bought one of the cheap ones. So it was my mission then. Every day I bought him a Marks and Spencer sandwich. And every day it was something unusual because he was a bit posh. So sometimes it'd be brie and cranberry, you know, or something like that. And he'd get a a different sandwich every day. And it quite... Because I can't bear to see somebody sitting there pleading poverty with a reduced sandwich. They used to have the little orange stickers on. He said, yeah, but you get this for a pound and then you can get a free sausage or something for 50. And I'm, oh, Giles, please don't. Please don't. Lauren and Chris, thank you. Uh, which will pass your pictures on to the Rogues Gallery. Because, you know, if you send in your picture and it, it, it gets past the vetting system, for that read, the police, uh, then we put it up on the LBC Rogues Gallery. OK, you just send it to steve at lbc.co.uk. So that's good, isn't it? Oh, we'll have the horse racing a bit later on. I think it must be Phil Blacker today. I think it's Phil Blacker. And uh, we'll tell you what's happening with Nick Ferrari after news at 7. Don't forget, Widdy's here at 10. Widdy, Widdy, Widdy. She's here. I wonder what's going to be on her, her mind today. I always like finding out, actually, because you think it, it's always interesting, isn't it, when you know that somebody's terribly, terribly right-wing, and you think, I wonder what, what's affecting you. Would it be the same sort of things affecting us? And the truth of the matter is, everybody's affected by just about everything. It's the same thing. We're all affected by it. We're affected by the weather. We're affected by, you know, haven't got any money. We've got to pay this, got to pay that. Because, you know, last week we took the car in, sailed through the MOT. Yeah, fantastic. Which is, is a rare occurrence nowadays. Even John Warrington, doing the papers yesterday, said his cost 220 quid because it had to have something done to it. And I said, um, I said on, on my one, I'm, g- I'm going to have it reconnolised inside, which means they're going to redo the leather. So it just needs doing on the driver's seat and on the door because that's the part that you wear off with your elbows. So I shall, uh, I shall be having that in today. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So Jerry's now down getting up, going, that car's not coming in again, please, God. Uh, Carol says, I adore your show. I listen every morning whilst I'm getting ready for work. You and Nick Ferrari are the tops. The tops, you see. It's good, isn't it? I like that idea. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And also, because after the, uh, the recent audience figures, even more people than ever are listening to this programme. So it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. More of you are obviously spreading the word. And you know the taxis all around town with LBC written on. Very soon there's going to be Steve Allen taxis out there. And there's going to be Anthony Davis taxis out there and Nick Ferrari taxis. There was going to be a James Max tax, taxi, but we thought it'd be better if we did an articulated lorry. You know, something bigger, just to get every Because he wants his CV on there and pictures and all the rest of it. So we can have Steve Allen taxis. That'll be quite nice, won't it? Especially this time in the morning. 
At this time of the morning, it's just, it's just the best in London. In fact, there was all these clubs, there's a new club that's opened up at Piccadilly Circus, and they were turning out there. Strangely enough, everybody black. I was desperately looking for sort of somebody saying, do they play different music? Because at the moment, I'm into Tinchy Strider. In fact, in quite a big way. So I've downloaded the album, got it all on there, and I'm sort of, I'm down with it. I've got this playing in the car at the moment, and it's fantastic. Although, having bought Christmas the other day, because I'm, I'm, I'm really getting into Christmas. I know people go, it's unfortunately August. I go, I don't care. I don't care. Every day is good. Every single day is good. In fact, sometimes thinking and thriving on other people's misery, it keeps me smiling for the whole day. And then when you get Christmas as well, doesn't get it. This morning, quarter past two, I'm out there, watering the hanging baskets. I was feeling really chipper this morning. I thought, at least it's not raining. And I'm watering the hanging basket. I'm thinking, do you know, it doesn't get any better. And then I, uh, and then... I thought to myself, I know what I'll do. I'll watch Quincy. And I started watching Quincy, and all these things are like, they seem to go for an hour. So I couldn't actually get to the end of it. So I never discovered what happened. He gets married to this woman, and I was expecting her to be run over. I thought it was like the end of a Bond film or something, and I thought she'd be run over. And, uh, and, it, and, and I don't know what happened, because I had to climb in the shower. So I never discovered at the end of it. Uh, in the paper today, Jack Tweed, they claim, you know, dreary old Jack, you know, drink to forget, you know, married to Jade for about, oh, how many seconds was it? Uh, they say he's being evicted. Now, I got a bit confused by this because I thought that he owned this house. I thought he'd bought it. Turns out it's rented. He doesn't actually own it at all. It's rented. But anyway, his, his spokesman uh, says he doesn't know of any moves to evict him. Soon will, I suppose, because if you cause annoyance to the neighbours, then they, they kick you out, don't they? And, uh, and off you go. So he doesn't even own it, poor soul. But there you go. I thought he had loads of money. Turns out he has nothing. Kerry Katona's in the papers. I don't know if you saw the Sunday papers, but unfortunately, the uh, cokehead that is Kerry Katona was caught sniffing again. This time, they managed to get a camera in her bathroom. Now, I'd be a bit worried about that. A little bit worried about it. Her agent would only say that she does face a social services probe over her fitness to look after her children. Uh, the agent said, yes, we will be talking with the, the lawyers. The trouble is, once a cokehead, always a cokehead. Once you do drugs, you can't function without them. Bit of a shame for poor old Kerry, who is a waste of space. I frankly wouldn't want to shop at a shop that used somebody who did drugs as their, their face. I'm afraid I don't want to do that. So until she's removed, I'm afraid I cannot shop in Iceland anymore because I think they have a responsibility to the people who, who shop there. I'm sorry, it's, it sounds a little bit old-fashioned. It'd be like saying, you know, here is the face of Selfridges, Ronnie Biggs. You know, you'd be going, I don't think so. This old con artist, please God he dies soon, you know, shouldn't be fronting, I'm afraid, a shop. So, of course, they don't use him. Iceland know that Kerry Katona has done drugs in the past. And if these latest stories are to be believed that she's snorting cocaine again, they should drop her immediately. You should not use somebody who is an acknowledged drug addict. It's claimed she binged on the drugs while her kids were elsewhere in the house. The video shot last Wednesday shows her rolling up a £20 note. Why is it a £20 note? Why is it? Explain to me why, if you're doing drugs, you've got to roll... Why can't they just roll up a piece of paper? What is it about £20 notes? Ridiculous. And then she hoovers this stuff up. She has admitted uh, snorting coke, but she says she only took it very briefly when ex-husband Brian McFadden dumped her. I don't think so, Kerry. I think if you're being honest with yourself, you know, be... that's the trouble, though. People always go, listen, it's not, it's not a problem. 
I can handle drink, uh, I can handle drugs, and I'd, it's not a... And you think, no, everybody else sees it as a problem. You're the one who doesn't see it as a problem. Talking of a problem, we found some thieves. They've stolen something that really makes me angry this morning. So that's good news, isn't it? Because if ever I find them, and if ever you found them, you'd be doing them serious damage. After this... News headlines. The vast majority of people think the government isn't doing enough to support UK forces in Afghanistan. A YouGov poll has found three-quarters of us want more to be done to help British troops. Coast Guards have resumed their search for a ten-year-old girl who went missing in the sea just metres from a beach. The youngster was swimming yesterday afternoon near Clacton in Essex. And the average asking price for houses in London fell by nearly 4% in July. It's being blamed on the traditional summer lull and continuing lack of mortgage finance. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. And this morning, it's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, to Tot- 37.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 16 minutes past five is the, uh, the time. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast LBC. Even more of you listening, even more of you listening, than there were three months ago. So that's good news, isn't it? Thieves have stole a set of brass plaques from a war memorial to be sold on and melted down for scrap. They tore off 16 plates bearing the names of hundreds of soldiers who died in battle in two world wars. Only two plaques remained amid the dust and rubble at Broomfield Park in North London. I've got no idea where it is. It just knows it's just North London. The gardener, Bob Booth, discovered the theft on Friday. He said, how sick do you have to be? We've got young boys coming back from Afghanistan in coffins and there are people prepared to desecrate the memory of these brave men for profit. I mean, it's just filth, isn't it? It is just absolute filth. Actually, do you know, there's a footballer's wife star here, Holly Maguire. Holly Maguire, it's not her real name. Her real name is Victoria Yallop. I mean, (laughs) kind of makes you want to understand why she changed it, poor cow. And uh, this one here is a 31-year-old ex-model. It's a bit past her sell-by. Anyway... She played Keeley in the ITV show. I never saw Footballers Wives, so I've got no idea. Anyway, poor old um, Victoria Yallop is, uh, is up in court. Drugs. Drugs charges. Coke and cannabis. £150,000 worth. Seems an awful lot, doesn't it? What is it with these people? We had somebody out of Harry Potter, didn't we, a short while ago, who was growing cannabis in his bedroom, and then wondered why he didn't get caught. They always catch them, and I'll tell you why... I'll tell you why they always catch them. It's so simple. Because their electricity goes up. If ever they're growing cannabis, uh, all of a sudden the meters go wild and the electricity company go, wait a minute. What, what a lot of people do is divert it from elsewhere. So in other words, if you're trying to grow cannabis plants, you've got to have these hydroponic lights and different things, I think. And, well, in fact, I know you have. And so what they do is they get the property next door that they rent and then they just ferry in the, the stuff from there, the electricity. Unfortunately, the, uh, the company... Spot it straight away, mainly because people are going, well, they're running cables from next door. And they go around there and they catch them. And it doesn't take too long. Oh, blimey, look at the state of this. Savannah Santeo, she's a hefty sprinter. She's, uh, I don't know, what chance? She's sprinting. Uh, She's an American Samoan. And she's doing the 100 metres. She's the fattest thing you've ever seen. In fact, when I came in, actually, guy on security said, have you seen this, Steve? She is thunder thighs, and she's doing the 100 metres. Admittedly, she trailed last. Uh, I mean, she's, she's just way off. Nor, the, the person who won it was 9.58 seconds, OK, this 100 metres. She did it, 14.28. Might as well have pushed a wheelbarrow up there. You want to see the size of her. I mean, she finished 59th out of 61 runners. She's a hefty hideaway girl, and it's terribly funny. Terribly, terribly funny. 
<laughs> David says Quincy did get married in the end. Well, I saw the wedding, but um, did she not die? Did she not run over or something? Just to make it interesting. I do like Quincy. I do like it. I mean, it's, it's one of those great programmes on the telly that you sort of sit there and you think, he's going to work it out, you know. But then I liked Amanda Redman in anything on the, anything that involves forensic science and pathology. I'm fascinated. That's what it was called. I couldn't ever remember. I kept thinking, when you go to have blood taken at the hospital, you go to the pathology department. And you have to follow... It doesn't say blood take, it just says pathology. So you go down to pathology. I couldn't remember the other day. Somebody said to me, what's it called? I said, I can't remember. But I remember thinking it's a bit scary because it seems to be one away from the mortuary because you think mortuary, pathology. And all you're doing is sitting in there. The women who take the blood up at Roehampton Hospital, they whiz through it really quickly. They just... I mean, you don't even feel the needle going in. It, it goes in really quickly and then they sort of... And they're chatting away at the same time. Me, I'm looking at the ceiling thinking, oh, God, make it happen quickly, please. Uh, one person. Who was it? Come on. 5.2 million on Saturday. The winning number, 16, 31, 32, 46, 47, 48. They always, every lottery win, every set of numbers, you'll always get two that come out together. So in this case, you've got three. You've got 31, 32, 46, 47, 48. How is this possible? How is this possible? But every lottery, you look at all the numbers, every week, there are always two numbers that run together. Every week. Without fail, either on the midweek or the Friday or the uh, the Saturday. I don't think anybody won the um, the one on the Friday, the Euro Million. So I think it's up to I don't know fifty nine million or sixty minutes, whatever it is. A huge amount of money, but don't bother because I've got the ticket. Okay, bought it the other day. Very happy with it. Actually, at the time I bought Christmas down at Costco, I was having such a field day down there, and I was feeling so sort of chipper about buying Christmas crackers. Because they're really... Not, even my brother thought the crackers looked great. He said, right, he said, the table theme for this year, he said, is red and cream. Because I bought, I bought 24... Cra- only two boxes of crackers. I'm not going to buy some more. And one box is silver crackers. They're Tom Smith's because they make the best crackers in the world. And the others are red with uh, poinsettia flowers round and lit. They're really nice crackers. I mean, only 20 quid a box, but really smart. And uh, they've got nice presents in them, because I, I, generally speaking, don't go for the presents, but these are quite nice, classy, like little silver, um, there's a silver mirror, there's a silver comb, there's, what else is there, all sorts of, you know, bracelet and stuff like that. So it's quite nice. Mind you, I could have gone to a well-known department store and had my crackers filled with what I'd want. They do some very nice crackers at a quarter of a million pounds. Uh, but they do have gold and silver and platinum rings and stuff like that in there. So that's good, isn't it? I thought I'd buy those one year if I'd become immensely rich. I think it's highly unlikely. So I bought those and my brother went, right, that's the theme. I think it's August. And then I thought, wait a minute, I've just bought these crackers in August. And the reason you've got to buy them now is if you don't buy them, it'll all be gone by next week. So today I've got to nip down to Reading again. I've got to go to drop the car off, then come back, then I shall... I'll do Reading tomorrow. I can't be bothered to do it today because the traffic on the M4 was horrendous. The M4, the M3, M27, diabolical. Roadworks all over the blooming place. It really is absolutely terrible. So don't go. Patricia says, thanks to your show, I'll be getting my brother a halogen oven this Christmas. Actually, I did beef wellington in my halogen oven yesterday. Delicious. I was a bit worried because I've never cooked pastry in it before. And Marks and Spencer's do a ready-made beef wellington with, I think, a nice piece of steak in the middle, which I think has got either... It's either got pate on the top of it inside and some mushrooms and red wine gravy. And then it's done in this lovely pastry. So I put it in the halogen oven. 25 minutes. Perfection. Didn't cover it at all. Just left it open. I'm going to go and get a little baking tray today, I think, and, uh, and, and do it that way as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. I was so impressed. I'd actually cooked beef wellington. I thought, I'm never going to eat beef wellington ever again. 
I haven't told Richard Hake yet, but he hasn't done his buttons up on his trousers this morning. I was going to save it as a surprise. He sort of... He obviously got dressed in a bit of a hurry, although there was a bit more excitement on the morning bus than I thought about. Anyway, so he's sitting there and I thought, you can't tell somebody, can you? If you're standing in front of somebody, you don't know again. Can you just do your buttons up? I, I try not to tell people, because it could keep the office going all day with this one. But of course, now I've said it, somebody will now tell him. And they'll go, by the way, Richard, do your buttons up on your trousers. Anyway, the headline forecast, fairly cloudy, warm, hazy sunshine, especially this afternoon. It's good news. Currently 14 degrees, should reach 24 same as yesterday. Sunset is 8.19. Tonight, dry and mostly clear. The chance of mist towards dawn. Tomorrow, dry and warm. Plenty of sunshine. A high of 25 degrees centigrade. Further three-day forecast. Hot and sunny. High of 29. Thursday, fairly breezy. Heavy rain, but still warm. A high of 25. Friday, cooler with sunny spells. Heavy rain overnight. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. Uh, 84850, uk. That's uh, this one here. Regarding your lack of presence, I have a fine selection of jewellery, says Johnny. Uh, on the way to you, please take off the name of the company beginning with G. <laughs> Wouldn't be about 40 million quid's worth, would it? That'd be nice. Also, could you check that your name on the side of black cabs will be in gold letters only? <laughs> yes. It'd be quite nice, actually, if you could have a Steve Allen cab. There are guide dogs out there called Steve Allen. We had LBC... Mine must be dead by now, I should imagine. It was about 30 years ago. I quite like the idea of a garden. I don't like the idea of some deadly plant that eats rats. In this country, it's a pitcher plant. And uh, you know what, what happens with pitcher plants? They've got, you can buy little tiny ones. You've probably seen them in the nurseries. And they've got uh, an enzyme in the bottom. Flies fall in. They can't get up the sides. They fall into the liquid, and the liquid dissolves their, their bodies. Well, this one here, apparently... Uh, is, is, I had to check whether or not we were in April the 1st or not. This one is huge. It's a bit rocky, uh, little shop of horrors. They've tracked it down. Sorry, it's not here. It's in the Philippines. And inside it is a little mouse. And it's clearly, quite clearly trying to get out. And, of course, it can't, because it's lured in by this uh, stick. It climbs up the side, falls into the liquid, and the, once it falls in, the liquid starts dissolving it. And so it's, you've got a picture in the paper today of the, of the pitcher plant, and a little mouse's head just peering out as if to go, help, help. Little mouse, poor little thing, doesn't know what's going on. And, of course, the enzyme's quite, quite dangerous. Although they had a woman on the television this morning, in between Quincy, who, uh, who kept a boa constrictor in America. And you know what boa constrictors do? By the very name, should be a bit of an indication, they constrict. And uh, this woman's uh, thing was quite big. Anyway, she used to sleep with it. I always think highly dangerous, because I'm, I'm not big into snakes at all. I'm always worried about them. Anyway, she wakes up to feel a bit of a tightening. This thing has coiled itself around her stomach. It's constricting, and its head is jammed onto her arm. Now, what they do is they find the easiest access, then they dislocate their bottom jaw, and they swallow... As much as they can get in. Antelope, you know, anything you can think of. These things can get... You look at the anacondas. And so every time she breathed in, the snake constricted. Now, you're, you're fighting against something. You can't do anything about it because this thing is so tight and it's got so much power. And all, all her husband could hear was... <gasps> and she can't breathe. And every time she breathes in, the snake constricts a bit more. In the end, they called out the paramedics and they had to take the decision because they couldn't get the snake off because every time they tried to prise its jaws off, it clamped tighter. And once this thing locks, it locks. You can't do anything about it. 
So they had to cut the snake's head off, the only way to get its body off there. I mean, you can imagine the fear of God. On this Animal Planet programme, Stephen Mulhern was doing the other day, they had a kid holding what could have been a little snake, and he was holding it, and you know they're waving it in front of its face. This snake went, and bit his nose. You see, I'm, it frightens me, things like that. <laughs> I don't like the idea of snakes. David says, after Quincy was Kojak, but I fell asleep after ten minutes, woke up and went to bed far too tired. Oh, just to let you know, says Rita, Quincy solved the crime. Thank goodness. I totally agree with you regarding the drugs issue. There are a growing number of celebrities involved with drugs. Not a growing number. There's hundreds and thousands, not just celebrities. Every, the only reason celebrities do it is because they can afford to do it. That's the reason. I mean, my argument's always been, if Kerry Katona was not paid stupid amounts of money by Iceland, she wouldn't be doing drugs. She'd be doing Halliborange and Diet Coke. But instead, they pay a ludicrous amounts of money. For why? For why? Margaret in Watford says, I got all six numbers on the lottery. Unfortunately, only three were on one line, so I only won a tenner. Listen, it doesn't matter. A tenner is, is a tenner. Much better to do that. Christine says, did you watch Celebrity Wife Swap? Did not. I know it was Big Ron Atkinson, uh, and he was on there with, um, uh, who was on with the javelin woman, wasn't it? I think Tessa Sanderson, I think. Uh, and the reason he was on there is because he came up with his racist comments and you'd used rude words. And, uh, and then I thought his house was a bit naff. It was a bit show house. I can't believe somebody actually lived in that. It looked a little, little bit puffy, I'm afraid. So, I don't know. I'm sorry about that, Ron, but your house was a bit naff. Uh, I was in Asda, says Paul, on Saturday. Very happy to see they're selling house DVD box sets. So I bought a lot. Yesterday was house day. Ah! <laughs> One here, Anne, says, I agree with you about Iceland and Kerry Katona. I felt the same about Kate Moss and Topshop. <laughs> It's like you could probably go through all of them, couldn't you, really? Anybody who's ever done drugs at any one, one time, you'd go, you know, oh, I don't know. Dee says it's phlebotomy. No, it's pathology, I'm afraid, in Roehampton Hospital. At least I know, dear. I always get the facts right. This is L8770. It's Steve Allen's new improved early breakfast. LDC 97.3, it's 5.30. 50 Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Monday morning. I know you hate Monday. I don't. I love Monday. I can't wait to get back in again. Because I'm always hoping there's going to be something new that the Sunday papers haven't covered. And to be honest with you, there's absolutely diddly squat in the papers today. There really aren't that many interesting stories. Luckily, a few of our favourite yuck characters don't feature that often in the paper, so that's good. However, they have wasted a whole page in the mirror because they say, big-haired and scary as ever, Mel B., is set to launch into her new role as one of TV's loose women. Yes, they're so desperate that they've scraped the barrel and they've come up with this foul-mouthed old has-been. The former Spice Girl, 34, shows she's still in great shape as she poses for a sexy new photo shoot. She signed up to appear as a guest presenter for one week starting on September. And then comes the stupidest line ever. A source said, we can't believe we've managed to get her. She's not difficult. You just pick up the phone and go, do you want to work? Yeah, I'll do that, all right? And that's what she'd be like. They say here, she's known for being sassy and outspoken. She's known for being foul-mouthed, I think. Known for being foul-mouthed. They say, so she'll fit in just fine. No, she won't. She's stupid. The reason she's not been offered any of these gigs before is because she's potty-mouthed. It's because she's very rude. And uh, she doesn't know how to behave in company. They say, maybe she'll bring a few A-list pals. She hasn't got any A-list pals. She hasn't got any. She's got nobody at all. And they think she's sassy. You'll suddenly realise on this programme how dim she is. 
Because some of the topics that they talk about on Loose Women, and the programme does need a kick up the rear end, I'm afraid. It's nice having a few, you know, old ladies on there, which is quite sweet. But um, this one here, she, she'll, she'll be looking. It's just a week's gig for her. She's not remotely interested. She doesn't know about anything. I can only tell you that there is a very, very, very well-known celebrity who was offered the gig and, uh, and said, oh, um, what, what are we going to be talking about? Can somebody give me some ideas? And they said, well, no, you have to think of these things for yourself. And this person couldn't even read the papers. In fact, I've noticed this with three celebrities, which I could name, but being uh, mindful uh, of things like this, I won't. I know one particular celebrity who, uh, who cannot read the papers. Now, whether or not they're dyslexic, I've got no idea, but they cannot read. So they have to phone up a friend, and the friend has picked up the papers and will read them the stories out of the papers. That's the only reason that they know what's uh, what's going on. Sam says, don't you think that woman sleeping with a snake must be very stupid? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I don't like snakes anyway, I'm afraid. I re- I'm, not, I'm not big into snakes. Although they had a woman on the same programme, and her best friend were pigs. And she slept with pigs. Slept with pigs. In her bed. And, uh, and she kissed them. And it, oh, dear me. I know. She said, local, local people around here think I'm, I'm mad. I thought, no, I just don't think it's very hygienic. It's just not, you know, you just don't sleep. It's like sleeping with, with dogs, isn't it? <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, did the boa snake end up as a pair of size shoes, size nine? <laughs> I've taped Ron Atkinson wife swap with his tan. I thought Ron was mixed race. That would be nice. Oh, uh, Richard Hakey has ruined the day for everybody. He's fastened his jeans. <laughs> it was so funny, Richard. I thought it was very funny. I couldn't say anything. He's fastened his jeans up. Somebody's obviously sneaked. That would be Chris Hubbard, I reckon. Chris Hubbard, I bet he said, you better do your buttons up quickly. <laughs> funny. Uh, anyway, dust off the barbecue very quickly for the simple reason rain is on the way. Not today. You can have a barbie today and you can probably have a, a barbie tomorrow. They reckon today 24, tomorrow 25. Wednesday 29 degrees, double it, add 30. So uh, 58, 88 and Thursday, 25, and wet and cloudy. <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. Here she is, dreary old Sarah Harding. And um, apparently she brought London's Liverpool Street Station to a standstill. She was performing a mass dance routine for the St Trinian's movie. She's a bit of an old has-been, isn't she, Sarah Harding, now? I thought, you know, it's nice, but a bit old. And apparently, strangely enough, we heard this one. Michael Jackson's not been buried. Now, I thought last week I was reporting that Michael Jackson had finally been buried at Forest Lawn. I thought they'd put him in Berry Gordy's crypt. We had a picture of it. Well, it turns out he's been moved to a secret freezer. Now, we had the autopsy. We've had all this other stuff back. And it turns out that his mother wanted her son's body to be taken somewhere she could visit him privately. He's dead. He's dead. The New York Post have claimed that he was moved under tight security to the basement of another cemetery building. She apparently is terrified that if he's buried, robbers will snatch his body. And do what with? I mean, you know, gone are the days of Burke and Hare, where people went round to graveyards and they dug them up and sold them on to medical students for, for research. Nobody's going to dig Michael Jackson up. Because what are they going to do with him? You know, even just supposing, hypothetically, somebody went, let's go and steal Michael Jackson. Because you remember, of course, you remember Eva Perron, Evita. Well, her husband took her around with him for years after she died. I mean, she was literally, she was taken around in her coffin. Wherever he went, she went. 
And so, consequently, she was embalmed. So, Eva Perron, when she died, they'd used this new system of embalming. And, in fact, during one of the, uh, the wars over there, they lost her. She disappeared. And when they found her, it was in some room... And her nose had fallen off. And they, they made a television documentary about, here, here's what she looks like now. And they rebuilt her nose and put her back on again. And so she looked as, as, as reasonable as she did before. It's like Lenin in Red Square. I mean, apparently what you see there is sort of a shadow of the former man because he's underneath it. So you're not actually looking at the proper person. You might as well be looking at a Madame Tussauds waxworks. But that's what I think they'd be doing. With, what are you going to do with Michael Jackson? You know, you're hardly going to go, listen, come around for dinner. A bit of a surprise for you. Open this cupboard door. What do you reckon? Ta-da! Not going to happen, is it? Not going to happen. You've got to embalm these people. I'm assuming Michael was embalmed. They put his brain back, so they've done all of that. But he's been moved to this very cold room, but he apparently uh, can't... She can't stay in there too long because it's too cold. It's all a bit peculiar, isn't it? So he's now alone in a small, bare-brick cold room in a gold casket that's under perspex to keep out the frost. He's dead. Who cares whether he gets frost? It's dead. It's just not good. I just found that very, very odd. And for, by the way, for all the barmies this morning, all the people who love the idea of crop circles, we found more than our fair share of loonies on that one. Uh, apparently, the MOD have released sightings of 800 UFOs. Now, let's just explain, for the benefit of those who aren't quite with it or in the real world, UFO just means it's unidentified. It doesn't mean it's a little flying saucer, OK? So they've got uh, here, tales of aliens with lemon-shaped heads who try to abduct two schoolboys. That's what happens when you drink earlier on in life, doesn't it? Spaceships firing lasers at a graveyard. And so what they've done is they've opened up all these things. Of course, this is just an- another youngster described as a-, a sensible lad reported seeing a UFO hovering over a cemetery in Widness whilst firing laser beams into the ground. <laughs> I mean, you know, it-, it is the crackpots, isn't it? They're all out. You can tell people anything, you know. There are little green men, there are little people who live underneath your bed, there are people at the bottom of the garden, all that kind of stuff. People buy into it. They just buy into it. It's like, strangely enough, people bought into the Alan Carr show. And then you suddenly realised it was a pile of old rubbish. Never asked any of the proper questions. You get Peter Andre on there, otherwise known as Pete Nice But Dim. And what do you want to ask about? You want to ask about Jordan. You're not interested in this silly little album. Not interested in that. You want to know about Jordan? Did Alan Carr ask him? No, nothing at all. What a waste of an opportunity. What a waste of an opportunity. We also told you yesterday, we think Chantelle, you know, living the dream. You know, Chantelle, not really intelligent. And uh, her and Preston have been seen back together again. Uh, let me tell you now, publicity stunt. Why? Uh, well, she's not going out with her footballer boyfriend because he's obviously got nothing to talk to her about because she doesn't know nothing about football, but, you know, know about hair extensions and nails and, and living the dream because I'm Chantel. I've been on television and I've had my breasts done and living the dream. And Chantel, and I've got blonde hair and extensions and got nail varnish and I'm living the dream. Uh, unfortunately, she's as thick as a brick. So she's out with Preston, and why is she going out with Preston? That's not his real name, by the way. He's called Samuel. He's just too embarrassed to use the name Samuel. Preston's his surname, so he's Samuel Preston. Sounds a bit poncy, doesn't it, really? But anyway, so he's got a single out. So he needs as much publicity. And unfortunately, he tried generating publicity the other week by saying that when he appeared on that programme where he had a queenie fit, do you remember when Simon Amstel was reading out clips from Living the Dream, the book... And he kept taking the mickey. And at the time, Preston was married in this sham wedding just so they could, you know, get money out of a magazine. And it turns out it was a lot of old rubbish, wasn't it? And uh, Preston had a queenie fit and got up and walked out. 
And now he's, he's uh, gone back with his tail between his legs. And he's gone, yeah, because I, I, I can sort of come back on and pretend I'm a pop star. And they're going, go away, silly boy. Not interested in you. By the way, we don't know what Simon Amstel's doing at the moment. But we do love Simon Amstel. Anybody that takes the mickey out of uh, Samuel Preston, the best. Graham went to the Harrods Christmas department. Uh, very expensive, £80 for a box of crackers. Well, don't buy them. <laughs> I never understand people saying, you know, it's very expensive. Not all crackers. Oh, I'm going to throw my coffee over the place. Uh, £80. Um, it would be, you know, I mean, the ones I bought were 20, and they're Tom Smith's best crackers in the world. Best crackers in the world. Uh, Peter reckons that B in Big Brother is an awful person. Oh, she's quite vile. But unfortunately, Big Brother are very manipulative. They show you what they want to show you. So, in other words, we all thought that Marcus was going to be kicked out on Friday. I mean, frankly, it didn't change my life because I was busy anyway. But uh, So I only got it in the morning. And, um, and he wasn't. It was Freddie. He quite clearly needs to go and see a psychiatrist as soon as possible. They're all barbing. But B is just... She's nasty. But I think that's the way that, um, that life is. They're, they're all so desperate, these people, to be seen as something. Because they amount to nothing in their own lives. So they have to go on television. I mean, it only turned out the other day that Marcus fits wind. He's a double glazing fitter. Like, you know, somebody who looks like they're about to commit some horrible crime. You wouldn't anywhere near your house, would you? Definitely not. Uh, Steve, I have a six-week-old baby. And listening to you makes the feeding happen with a big smile and a giggle. Thank you. What a lovely thought. I'm trying to visualise that. Don't send in a picture. Thank you. Um... Further, my text to you yesterday about something bad happening in Northolt. The Plough Pub burnt down, says Nigel. <laughs> and Jan says, if anybody stole Michael Jackson's remains, it would probably be in order to demand a ransom. Where are you going to keep him? What are you going to do? Sort of shove him up in the loft or something? I don't know. I mean, it's, you're right, actually, but the family, they haven't got any money yet. Michael Jackson, as you know, died broke. Flat, poor soul, honestly. I felt so sorry for him. He'd worked so hard, sort of, throughout his life. Hadn't toured for ages. Hadn't had a decent hit single or an album for ages and ages. And, uh, and ended up £250 million in debt. But because of the catalogue, they thought they could get something back. And at the moment, they think they've got about £60 million back. So that'll go to paying off his uh, debts before they go anywhere else with it. Mark, good morning. And uh, another one here. They've got... Oh, there's a new... Oh, dear, don't you just... Your mind... Dr- your heart drops, doesn't it, when they go... Oh, we've got another quiz show starting on ITV. Who's it hosted by? Oh, perhaps somebody new. Perhaps somebody, you know, who you can... what You know, Philip bloody Schofield again. Do us a favour. He's on television too much. The ice, the blooming this morning... We don't want another blooming quiz show. And this one is called The Cube. And he encourages contestants to win a quarter of a million... Who gives us stuff? Who cares? It's another dreary quiz show. Apparently they're using, as well, somebody called The Body. They got so excited that Stig from Top Gear, which turns out to be a number of different people, uh, is sort of very mysterious, and they now say that The Body is an expert in many physical disciplines. Who gives us stuff? It's a blooming quiz show. It's a quiz show with Philip Schofield again. Do us a favour. Find somebody else to present quiz shows, not the same people all the time. Because, frankly, I've had enough of it. He's very nice, he's very sweet, but we just don't want to see him on another blooming quiz show. We've had enough of them. Come up with something original, ITV, or it's going to collapse like a pack of cards. Talking of collapsing, Port Mary Ramo, 76, was floored by a pineapple. And she's suing. And the store have said, go away. Details after this. News headlines, more than three-quarters of us think British troops in Afghanistan aren't getting enough support from the government. 
A YouGov survey has found 82% of people want ministers to give UK forces more backing. The search is continuing this morning for a 10-year-old girl who disappeared at sea off the Essex coast. She vanished while swimming with another girl who was rescued near Clacton. And Japan's the latest country to emerge from the recession. The economy grew 0.9% in the second quarter of the year. Let's check on the state of the roads. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. We'll start with the tubes, actually. We had the district line. The 97.3. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 6. New listener in Newcastle, Northern Ireland, on the internet radio, John Bennett. Morning, John. I only say morning. He, he won't be listening now, but he signed up to the podcast. That's good news, isn't it? I quite like that. Natasha, we were talking the other day about, uh, I think, in a swimming pool in Croydon, they're having Muslim-only sessions in the swimming pool. Now, to be quite honest, I see that as racism. I think that's dreadful. What, what, what next? Chinese-only sessions? Gay-only sessions? Lesbian-only sessions? Radio presenter-only? I mean, what difference it makes? Surely everybody can swim in together. It's ridiculous. Political correctness gone absolutely balmy mad, I'm afraid. Arthur says, A friend of mine always refers to plants by their Latin names. When recently he told his wife he had a veruca, she said, Is that the one with the yellow blossom? I do get them. I do get them. Thank you for that one. And uh, Nick Ferrari this morning. Following another bloody weekend in Afghanistan, Nick will be speaking to the Defence Secretary, Bob Ainsworth, to get his reaction. He'll also be asking if the government has lost the support of the media over the war and what that means for our troops. Plus, he wants to know whether you think Britain is actually broken or it's just the press demonising society. And Michael Gove will tell Nick about Conservative plans for the school system. Tim Luckhurst will be reviewing the papers for today. And uh, they'll also be asking, as I say with Michael Cove, how the Tories will change our school system. I'm so glad I'm not at school anymore. I'm so, it sounds like a nightmare for people out there. It sounds like a nightmare for parents as well. Uh, Joe says, since my father died, I haven't slept well. You've been a little lifesaver with your shows. I've become an avid podcaster. And now my son Josh has become addicted. He's gone on a sleepover and taken the iPod to listen. He's only 11. Oh, there you go. Mind you, I don't think you should write people off at 11. I mean, I've got a godson who's 11. He's very bright. They sent me loads of pictures the other day from their holiday in Sharm El Sheikh. Looks very nice. Very nice. Dave says, I think sometimes you go too far running people down. But I have to admit, I agree with everything you say. See, there you go. That's how it is most of the time. And uh, Rosie from Fulham, thank you, with the light. Uh, I don't actually... I never feel nervous in the dark. I always have lights on at home anyway, because I've always had lights on. At the age of, you know, <laughs> whatever I am now... Uh, she's got um, a light which she got from Saga magazine. You plug in what looks like a night light, but it gives a much better light, and should, should there be a power cut, it still works. Uh, well, I've, I've got a toilet light. In fact, I've got two toilet lights, because we introduced them some time ago on LBC. They're fantastic. And I forget where I got it from now. It was something like, I want one of those, or any of those things. And what it is, it's a light that you fix to the toilet seat... When the toilet seat, when the, the back bit of the toilet seat, not the actual seat, the bit at the back, and you fix it on, it's got two little lights on it, red and a green LED, super bright. And uh, when you walk into the bathroom, it senses you're in there. If the seat's down, it shines red, and if the seat is up, it shines the green light. So in other words, if you've got little children, and they because sometimes little boys wee over the seat. Sometimes big boys wee over the seat, and then their sister goes in there and goes, who's weed over... And, you know, and you have to... Me, 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 me. Uncle Steve's weed over the seat again. And so it means that you know whether the seat is up or down. Because when you walk in the bathroom in the early hours of the morning and you're a bit tired, and children do, they just want, oh, well, At least if they see the red light or the green light, they know if the seat is up or down. So it's a very good thing to have, actually. Very good thing. Liz is going to be on the, uh, on the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square this Wednesday. 
She's uh, doing. A, she says, I'm using my hour to do a balloon race for charity. So there you go. Uh, I can only mention it's on theplinth.co.uk. OK, and all the money's going to Leukaemia Charity, Karen Morris Memorial Trust. And I've managed to get some amazing prizes donated. So there you go. So she's on the plinth. We don't know what time she's on the plinth this Wednesday. Those things, they've got 24 people on the plinth. I'd like to find out. So she's doing a balloon race for charity. She says, no, no string. We're going to be as environmentally friendly as possible. So good luck, Liz, to be uh, there on Wednesday, which is the 19th. Uh, Wish my husband, Greg, a very happy birthday, says Sue, with all my love. We don't know how old you are, Greg, but I'm assuming you're over 25. So many happy returns of the day. Here is a lady called Mary Ramo. Mary Ramo is 76 and she's suing a supermarket. The supermarket has, has since closed down. She was in the reduced section for fruit, looking at some on the second shelf. Another lady was looking at the pineapples on the top shelf. The next thing I knew, clunk, I got hit on the back of the head by a pineapple. My vision was blurred. I couldn't think straight. I'm like that with pineapple as well. I sat there for a while and got my bearings. I didn't dare drive home, so I got them to phone my sister and come and pick me up. A doctor later diagnosed concussion... And Mary's been in pain since the accident. I mean, as you, as you can well imagine, especially when you wave the word compensation around. OK, so now Mary says, my neck is still sore. When I'm driving, I can't turn and see what's coming. Well, don't blooming mean, well drive then, dear. Quite clear, if you're a danger, don't go out there. Her lawyer is still trying to trace witnesses. I mean, nobody's going to remember, are they? Look, a pineapple fell on this woman. You know, I mean, unfortunately, Tesco are quite right in this case. They said, we regret the incident. It's a shame she suffered concussion. But we're not going to accept liability for the actions of somebody else. You know, why would they? And unfortunately, it's this compensation culture. So you go to somebody and they go, right, uh, well, I tell you, you should get about three or four grand out of Tesco for this. Tesco go, you're not getting a penny piece. Not one penny piece. But unfortunately, people emote, they go, really, three or four thousand? Oh, fantastic. Well, I can barely move my head. Look, I can't move my head. Oh, terrible. That's the biggest thing in cars, isn't it, now? You see people, they go, have you got whiplash? Yeah, i got whiplash. Go, no, you haven't. Yeah, I've seriously got whiplash. So that's what everybody complains about now. Everybody complains about whiplash. That's why you see people wearing these fake surgical collars. They go around, they go, look, I've got whiplash, can't move. Oh, I can't move. Why? Because it's the only thing they can never prove. So it's so much easier. So much easier. It's always interesting. But, I mean, a pineapple falling on you, I don't think a penny piece will be heading your way, which is rather a shame. Uh, Daily Mail this morning. Bob Ainsworth under attack after trying to put a, uh, a positive gloss on the British deaths in Afghanistan. Here's the Samoan shot putter, not so much lightning bolt as thunder thighs. I mean, she's absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. She said it was a personal best. I mean, it's a joke, really. This woman is quite clearly nowhere near fit enough. She shouldn't be there. In fact, she looks like she's heading for a heart attack, poor soul. And um, another one here. That again, they're all talking about barbecues. For goodness sake, get the barbecues out quick, because it's going to rain. I don't know why we get funny about this. It's Britain. It always rains. It al- we have a couple of days of sunshine. We have some rain. I, you know, I don't like to point out to the patently stupid people who keep printing this in the papers. It's been like this since I've been alive. We've never had a whole year where there's been no rain. You know, we've always had Christmas. They go, will it be a white Christmas? Forecasters are predicting, maybe yes. And then, you know, then you have all the usual things. It's like the Notting Hill Carnival. It's, I, I could promise you, I could show you pictures from a carnival from ten years ago and you'd swear blind they were yesterday. You're always going to find a jolly large black lady dancing with a policeman's helmet on her head. It's the same woman. She's 97 now. She goes out to every carnival. It's also going to be a big battle in the courts very shortly. You know everybody's gone berserk for pims. 
All of a sudden, Pims has become... It used to be quite classy, Pims. It's gone a bit down market, as far as I'm concerned. People say Pims, you know, we get, it's Pims o'clock. We can have Pims and... The, and I quite like it, especially if we do a big, big jug of it. Well, apparently, Sainsbury's have brought out their own, which looks almost identical, except it's cheaper, and they've called it Pitchers. So now Pims are saying, wait a minute, this, this looks like ours. Well, you could probably go through Marks and Spencers. In fact, they did go through Marks and Spencers a while ago and discovered swimming costumes that look like designer swimming costumes and suits and everything else. And you can probably find lots of similar drinks and butters and spreads and everything else because the supermarket want to bring out their own. So it's, it's interesting that last week the company that owned Pims invested five and a half million pounds in promoting it. And you go out now and they've got PIMS everywhere, special offers on PIMS. But if you want PIMS, buy PIMS. If you want a looky-like, it's like people who want to buy a Cartier watch. If you can afford a Cartier watch, go and buy a Cartier watch. If you can't afford one, you'll probably buy a looky-likey. It'll be made and it'll be supporting the slave trade and uh, child prostitutes. But that's great if you want to do that. That's, that's your business. It's like people who buy all these DVDs on the streets from people. You're supporting prostitution. That's what you're doing. Because most of the money from these uh, dubbed DVDs goes into trafficking women and children who are murdered. So I, mean, I just thought you'd be, like to be reminded of that, that if you want to buy any of these DVDs on the streets and these people who come up and go, you want to buy these films? You're supporting child prostitution and murder. Just thought I'd mention it to you, just in case you had some sort of conscience, because that's exactly what it goes to. Uh, strangely enough, Jan Moyer is talking today about her secret obsession with the catalogue. It's a catalogue that we, I think, did probably about 15 years ago on LBC. And that's Lakeland, because you go through it, it's got everything. Divided nibble dishes, banana guards, lint removal mitts. It's got just about everything in there. And also, the one thing that we've always said about Lakeland is how polite they are on the telephone. How polite they are. And a lot of other companies could possibly follow their example. Because I don't think you'll find better service anywhere. It'd be hard pushed to find it. I mean, I've, I've used a number of on-air and online companies. And believe you me, they appear to be the best. And when you phone up and go, I'm sorry, this, it hasn't arrived at work, they go, OK, put another one on the post to you. They don't query anything. They're very, very good, because that's probably going to encourage people now to cheat and go, oh, my parcel didn't arrive. You're not people alike, they'll sort of cheat the system. But I thought they were very, very good. Very, very good. <laughs> Richard, I so do. <laughs> I so do. And a Tuesday, and a Wednesday, and a Thursday. Private joke. 84850, uk. And uh, Jan says, retimes for the plinth. They don't issue the schedule until the actual day. Something to do with security. Anna in Leighton. They have Jewish-only days at the swing bars in Hackney for a number of years. Do you take issue with that? Absolutely. Of course I do. Don't be so stupid. I've just said. I take issue with everything. It's minority interests. Very stupid indeed, as you know. But you probably knew that when you wrote the thing in the first place. Uh, Steve, why don't the ex-Spice Girls get together? They're going to. Surprisingly, they're going to get back together again. I've got no idea why. Who on earth is going to go and see them? Uh, Steve, they've already picked who we should vote for on the X Factor. It's uh, all the publicity started, and it's not even on television. I know, already the stories have started, because they're about six weeks into filming, I think. So uh, it's almost a foregone conclusion. But we will watch for the silly and the terminally ill. Myself and uh, my husband were... I can't believe I've just told you the Spice Girls are going to get back together. They are, actually. Apparently, I think Emma and scary and sporty. I don't think Vic will get back with them because, I mean, she couldn't sing to start with. But I think the other three are going to get back together. Why? I've got no... Who would actually buy tickets to go see... I don't know. It's all got a bit quiet on the Nolans' front, hasn't it? I'm a bit worried about that. 
We only found one person who actually uh, bought a ticket for the Nolans, and they didn't want their name read out for fear of reprisals. <laughs> you can imagine, the Nolans might actually come round and sing at your house, God help us all. Much at least it keeps Colleen off the television. That, as far as I'm concerned, is great news. News is next on LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early morning, Monday, breakfast, LBC. Well, it's early, isn't it? I mean, for goodness sake, who cares? Mind you, I love it this time of the morning. I don't care what anybody says. It's the best time ever. Also, very good morning to Susan Spence. Good morning. Probably not the best time for her, but, I mean, it's it's quite nice out, isn't it? Fresh. Oh, yes, it is quite fresh. I didn't bring any jumper today, so I just got short sleeves, which is quite nice. OK, it's fashion hint, if you're listening at home. Well, I'm just <laughs> thinking, the only thing is, that's fine overnight, but when you, I always forget when you come into the studio, it's always absolutely Baltic. Yesterday, I walked in here, I couldn't breathe, it was so cold. Yeah, it just I opened is. the door and went, oh, because, you know, Nick Ferrari will not have it yeah. unless it's sub-Arctic. Yeah, but he wasn't in yesterday, was he? I know. But then I think somebody overnight had fiddled about I think Phil was playing around with it. And when I walked in here, I, I seriously thought, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of knocked you out a little bit. Um, just going back very quickly, just before you carry on with Susan, in regard to the Croydon Swimming Pool, they'd never do an all-white session. They're having Muslim sessions at I Croydon Swimming Pool. I'm thinking... Why? Why can't everybody just be in together? This is just ludicrous. But I heard you say, oh, isn't that, cause, isn't that a bit racist because of the fact that they wouldn't have, like, you you know, an all-white, an all-gay, all an all-radio presenter yes. one or whatever. You just wouldn't do it. I don't understand either why they would do that. And then somebody wrote in and says that they have a Jewish-only day. Why would they have a Jewish-only day? I've never been so stupid in my entire life. No, I mean, everybody just swims together, don't exactly. they? Isn't that Who the whole cares? point of a public swimming pool? Exactly. Absolutely ludicrous. I think they knew that when they wrote it in anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's just the sort of stupid thing you get from, from sort of, you know, councils now if they're going to do something like that. You're right. You know, one, today, disabled day. One-legged day. You know, children <laughs> with mixed parents day. Might as well just, you know, have, you know, a swim, what, you know if the Muslims want to swim, build them a swimming pool. Why doesn't somebody in the Muslim community build a swimming pool? Makes it far easier. I don't believe it. I think it's a load of old rubbish, I'm afraid. Ridiculous. And the meerkat, Alexander Orloff. Forget the market.com, the meerkat. Yeah, that's a very good advert, that. I love it. It's, it's so very clever. clever. You know, it's going to be replaced. That. Is it? Yes, apparently so. I'd heard that they're going to. But he, he's now going to have his bid for the Christmas number one. Oh, goodness. I don't know, it's a bit Bob the Builderish, isn't it? I think it yeah, will probably... Yeah, quite nice, though. Strangely enough, he has more than 500,000 friends on Facebook. <laughs> the Meerkat. <laughs> and I suppose, some people think he's real. I'm convinced God. some people... You know he did a hello spread? Oh, did he? There was a hello spread of him in his house in Russia, with him standing on the stairs with a smoking jacket on and a cigar. Oh, I missed that. It was so funny. Apparently, uh, traffic to comparethemarket.com has rocketed by 80%. Not at all surprised. It's a very successful ad campaign. Very good. Almost as successful as the uh, LBC cabs. It's just been extended, actually. I've only seen one. Have you not? Only oh, I saw one. loads yesterday. And that loads. was that was actually outside here at, at Leicester Square. Really? Some of them deliberately drive past it just to wind me up. <laughs> so I'm trying to write my name in gold pen on the side of it <laughs> as it goes past. <laughs> Which is good. So anyway, uh, in the in the papers today, it's all, it's all the same old stuff, I'm afraid, we've had. But over in Soapland... I've been watching. They all turned up the other day. Some of the soap stars turned up to some festival Peter Andre was singing. So it can't have been a singing festival, can it? <laughs> and they were wearing some of the oddest outfits. Really? Some of these girls from uh, from Coronation Street. I mean, sort of pink, like pixie and Ugg boots. Oh, I, mean, I think that like was... It. Was that Michelle Keegan and yeah. Tina Ryan? Uh, not Tina was, Ryan, Tina, Tina O'Brien. Tina O'Brien, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No, is Tina O'Brien in it? No, 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 no she's not in it. Um, but, well, she goes out with, of course, she lives with Ryan Thomas, who plays Jason Grimshaw. Yeah. She's big mates with Jack P. Shepard, oh, right. which now means she's big mates with Michelle Keegan, who oh, plays right. Tina. She's odd-looking, poor soul. Michelle Keegan? Yeah, but, but I mean, odd clothing they wear. Do they well, wear s- deliberately stupid-looking clothes? To be noticed. Well, I think... Pink boots. Yeah, but they do, oh, though. Man. I mean, it's, isn't it funny? It was, it was the other day I was, saw some girls walking along the road and it was really very, very hot. No. And they had their woolly Ugg boots on. They're like thinking, I like feet must going, be roasting. Yeah, I'm terribly sorry, love. These are they're for the winter, for the cold months. You know, this is summer. Mm. Unless you're really, you know, trainee page three... Or somebody who advertises in phone boxes, don't wear them. Yeah, I know. It's Ridiculous. amazing how many people wear them in the summertime. I saw boy, uh, Jade's boys were wearing Ugg boots. That's right, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. dear me. Save us for rubbish like that, I'm afraid. <laughs> we don't need that kind of thing. It's just tacky on little boys. Yeah. It's just not the thing that little boys wear. Football boots, trainers, anything like that, but not, I'm afraid, Ugg boots. They're for little girls. Okay. Just want to mention that. <laughs> so, over in EastEnders... Now, I did watch a bit in EastEnders the other day. What did I get to? Did oh, you watch... Was... I was going to ask you, before you say that, did you watch the um, the one I said to you to watch for Emmerdale on Thursday night? No. The one in real time? No. Right. What was I doing? I must have been doing something. Yeah, it's... Because, you know, on a Thursday, they have the double of Emmerdale. Um, anyway, they had this 8 o'clock one, which was set in real time, just, with just five characters. All right. It was good... But it wasn't as good as I expected it to be. Right. Um, although I think it's a real shame because the girl who plays Lexi King, um, Sally Oliver, she decided to go um, after... They didn't actually oh, write her yes. out. She's decided. She decided to go. And I thought that was a bit of a shame because it's quite interesting. It's caused a little bit of debate amongst Silk fans because she was one of those characters. And I think, you remember you and I talking about this, um, she, kind of was the, she arrived... Um, at the Kings through the window and she was a real floozy and mm. real, you know, checkered pass had been, had been had been in jail and all of that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden she just became this like total downtrodden woman and mm. totally at Carl King's whim. Um, and her character just changed completely and she kind of lost her whole identity. And in that, when doing that, the character pretty much lost her way and I think whether whether or not she felt that that was the case and was like well what are you going to do with me now mm. that you know I'm not going to be with Carl King and so she made the decision to to leave but it was a shame because you actually saw her acting her best then and you think oh it's a little bit of a waste really mm. um but it wasn't as good as I expected it to be I have to admit I was quite excited by the real-time thing and it never really paid off for me I have to say I got confused in EastEnders because it appears that Ian is running the cafe and the fish and chip shop and somebody is obviously trying to get him closed down by putting cockroaches in there. That's a guy called Ryan, who's Whitney's brother, and he just wanted to get one over on him, so he planted the cockroach. How did he um, get into the into the chip shop? How did he get into the chip shop? Well, because, no. he, because Ian threw somebody out who had a packet of chips, and then goes rushing back over, but he locked the door... And this bloke manages to open the door and put a cockroach in there. Yeah, he put a cockroach in the cafe, though. Yeah, so, and one in the cafe as well. Yeah, put one in the cafe. So Bianca completely went mental. Everybody get chucked out. Um, but they didn't realise that he was still in there. He stayed in there, nicked all the money out the till. He's a nasty piece of work, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, but he, he just doesn't like the fact that Ian Beale is, like, you know... I can't remember, a greasy oil, oil, king or something of well, water. Successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny? You always get jealousy with people like yeah, that. So he, so he, oh. so he did that in a bid to in a bid to close him down. I saw an interview with Barbara in the Mirror yesterday. Yes, did you yeah, read that? Yes, it was quite a nice interview. Yes, actually. very good interview. Yes, yeah. very. 
That was at the Arsenal thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but here she loves Theo Walcott. Yes. He's a very good-looking boy. Very smooth skin and very... Stop it. Very attractive. Stop it. Enough already. La, 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 la. <laughs> anyway, listen, we'll take a short break <laughs> for the uh, news headlines. More from Susan Spence in a moment. Including, actually, I got a bit confused because um, Bianca's ex, Ricky, mm -hmm. apparently has joined a dating agency mm -hmm. or something, and he thinks that, that Barbara's character is the one that oh, he's... Oh, it's mad. We're oh, about my about Lord. About Let's not get... La, 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 la. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's have a check on the news headlines. Here's Katie Radley. So right now at the Houses of Parliament, it's 14 degrees. Thanks very much indeed. Let's have a look on the roads for you. And this morning, it's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning to Tottenham. Making your blood boil. Thank you, James, very much indeed with you. Don't forget Witty here a little bit later on. And off on Witty, I know. <laughs> so familiar, isn't it? I feel I'm over-familiar with her. Witty. And uh, off go the Rose family. They're on holiday today. I think they're going to Egypt. I think so. So Liliana and Scarlett are in the car on the way to Gatwick. Liliana, just be careful with that arm, all right? No jumping in and out of pools or things like that. Wish I was going on holiday today. I could just oh, do with a holiday too, today. Yeah. I don't know why today. But I'll tell you what I want. If you're going to go on holiday... What you want is somebody to pack everything for you, somebody to meet you outside the building, they go, OK, we'll just take you down there, and all of your cases are in the car and it's all sorted out. You don't need to do anything. It's ha like having... like servants. You see, <laughs> that bit, if I don't mind about going on holiday, the bit that gets me is that I get in a right old panic about whether I've turned everything off. Oh, no. But that's why you want somebody here who looks after the house and they go yeah. in every day and they check it so that you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I just... I just... I spend so much time thinking... Right, have I done the water? Have yeah. I closed the windows? Have I pulled all the plugs out? Oh, it's just... I get myself in a right old frenzy. It's easier to leave somebody there, isn't it, I mm. think? Mm. So, uh, the Rose family off on holiday. They were all celebrating birthdays and anniversaries yesterday. Now they're on holiday. Very nice, indeed. Uh, and uh, another one here from uh, Philip, who says, The large sprinter you mentioned came 59th out of 61. What size were the last two runners? Do they actually get out of the starting blocks? Probably not. She's huge, actually. Absolutely huge. And uh, off to Gibraltar tomorrow is Gary. Everybody's off on holiday. Mm, What's well, that time of year, though, isn't it? Can you remember to podcast the programme, please? <laughs> Can you remember to podcast? That would be rather nice. And um, another one here. Uh, when will Boris appear on EastEnders? Susan? Oh, it's a couple of weeks' time, actually, I think it is. Yeah. Not sure the exact date, I have to say. But apparently I, I, I read a little piece that he apparently fluffed his lines. <laughs> Of course. I don't think he had that many. I think he only had like a sentence exactly. or two. Exactly. Yeah, You've got everybody standing around oh, again. Oh, it must okay, be horrendous. three, two, one. Uh, is he play He's playing himself, Yeah, yeah, he? yeah. He makes a cameo, oh, yeah. Can you imagine how awful? Oh, I know. It must It must be awful. I think if it were me um, and I were him, I would have fluffed my lines as well. But mm. probably quite very intimidating, I would think. But yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, he's on. Jess is looking forward to the X Factor. Yeah. They've started doing all the publicity. Well, they've started recording the show so they can edit it. And beautifully edited it is too. Uh, the bit I love is the first two or three weeks will be all the people who've got illnesses uh, who come out there. We've already seen the tantrums where you've a uh, couple of people who've thrown the microphones down on the stage and then Simon goes, nasty, nasty little piece of work. See, that's the bit I don't like. Yeah. Well, that's the, the only show. reason that you get people watching it, because we all want to watch the, the, the do-lally ones, the dribblers. Oh, I find it upsetting. Going, I can sing. I, can, I dream I can fly. And they go, sorry, you have a dream, do you, love? Yeah, because my mum said, because I went, I went, you know, on holiday, and they, they reckon I'm really good. No, you're not. Go home. No, I don't So they like burst it. into tears. <laughs> and that's good. And we laugh. It can't be long before somebody sues. It well, can't yeah, be. I mean, I have to admit, I just watch it when they're pretty much coming down to being yeah. chosen. Oh, there's I somebody enjoy who's that got a, so a sob story, but there oh, again, they, they, that's yeah. the only ones that get I chosen, know, isn't it? I know. 
Do you like the bit that they do in the beginning, then? Well, I, I just like seeing the terminally stupid, because I, I, I feel like... I, I would say exactly the same. I'm terribly sorry. You're rubbish. You can't sing. You're very stupid. Now go away and stop wasting our time. I mean, but they put them through, so they put them... They, they, they're all playing the part, aren't they? They're all playing that, that game. Mm. I want to be on television. Well, you're very stupid. Yes, I know, but at least I'm on television. Mm-hmm. That's the argument, isn't it? And then they try and get, like, a really... I mean, without being ageist, they then get, you know, some really old person. And I love... Uh, it, when they do that, but I, then I just think, well, it's not very fair because they're never going to get any further because, you know, the whole point is it's the X Factor and it's always somebody young who wins it. Interesting enough, Louis Walsh was asked about Susan Boyle and he says, yeah, very good, but there's no longevity in it. And I totally agree with him. We've, we've said before, she'll have the one album out, they'll sell it around the world and that'll just about be it because she can't do any concerts, she hasn't got any stamina. Mm. So she'll just have to be a one-off and that'll be it. But they need to make as much money out of that album as possible. When's it due out? Uh, it'll be out in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> They're not stupid. Silly question. Yes, it'll be out in time to get the Christmas market. Mm-hmm. That's how they do it. Yeah. And there'll be loads of stories about... Have you, have you noticed at the moment it's gone a bit quiet? They've had a photo shoot. But I'm sorry, we're not into photo shoots. We're into whether or not she can do the job. I couldn't care less what she looks like. It makes well, no it, difference It's interesting because I every now and again by the American magazines and um, she's very popular over there. Pictures and interviews with her all the time yeah. on these magazines which surprises me. Yes. But, but, the, but still at the end of the day the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Whereas Paul Potts goes round and does all his uh, his concerts. Susan Ball couldn't do a concert for love nor money. No, but I still find it surprising that she is so very big because these magazines you you know, you do have to have something i say something about you you have to be well known enough to get in there because it's an american mag that's they've got so many people you know that well could she's got the backing of oprah winfrey and all these other people well, that's what i mean though because they've all bought into the hype i mean they don't realize how manipulated they've been which i quite like <laughs> i think it's sweet i mean I, I do love the program because it's so good we'll all have favorite people we love and we'll have people we hate mind you what's who was that one that won it alexandra Oh, no, no, I mean X Factor. Oh, oh. I thought you are talking about Britain's Got Oh, Britain's Got Talent. Talent. Who won it? Uh, Diversity. Yeah, they've apparently well, not doing anything. Well, uh, somebody said they're going to bring out a record. Now, before you query that, the guy who's bringing them out on record reckons that they've got enough talent that they're not going to sing. <laughs> I know, I don't get it either. Because <laughs> Simon Cowell has said, listen, they're very good, but I can't do anything with you. No, Exactly. Which, of course, he's concentrating on Susan Boyle. He mm-hmm. was never interested in diversity. It was only the public that voted, and very good they are. They're too expensive to take out anyway. I don't know what you do with them. Because there are so many of them, that's why, isn't it? Well, that's it. It's never going to be a living. No. It's very sweet, but I said all along, you've got... It's not got a juggler winning or a magician. It's got to be somebody that they can sell. Mm. And that person that they sell will be a singer. Yeah. So it's going to be Subo, and then this this Subo. time this Subo, and this time round there'll be somebody else. Mm. But it'll be a singer. Alexandra Burke apparently is in the studio. Do you know it's funny? She came into my mind last week, and I was mm. like thinking, where did that girl go? Yeah, she's been in America in the studio. Just totally disappeared. Putting the finishing she? touches to the uh, single and album. Mm. Mm. I did think they they had a clip on the television the other day of her singing with Beyonce. Which I thought was very good. That was great. But again, this programme is so beautifully edited. I mean, it is stunningly edited. In terms of editing, this must be at the top of its profession. They can get the, the applause, the lighting, the music. The cr- it's just brilliantly done. It, you cannot fault it. It is, it is the nearest thing to perfection on the television. <laughs> Whether or not you like Danny Minogue or Cheryl Cole, who seriously believes that she, she can spot talent. Whereas, you know... But then she's been, she's been led to believe that, hasn't she? Of course they, she has. They she's believed her up so much. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. 
and poor little Danny Minogue just gets the crumbs. She does a bit, doesn't she? Yeah. Poor old Danny, never mind. She was wearing hot pants the other day. <laughs> never again, eh, Danny? Never again, love. Just thought I'd mention it, you know, just, you know. I like cellulite, I really do. I'm, you know, I'm a big fan oh, of it. she hasn't but, got cellulite. <laughs> I know, but she'll now be looking in the mirror to check, as indeed everybody does. <laughs> right, very quickly, let's bring you up to date with uh, where we are in the soaps <laughs> and what's going to be happening. Oh, um, Coronation Street. Oh, dear God. Um, mm. On Friday... <laughs> Um, Steve and Becky got married and you know what it was very very sad um, and I know it I know Coronation Street is not really meant to be but Catherine Kelly who plays Becky is an extremely good actress and the way that they did it it actually was you did look at it and think oh my god I feel so sorry for you I know it's fiction but mm. basically what happened was real. the drugs got planted on her in the rovers. She got arrested during her reception. At drugs least this in time. the rovers, I ask you, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. Drugs exactly. in the rovers. It's never been drugs in the rovers <laughs> ever. But, of course, they were planted and uh, the poor girl got arrested, got taken away. And the Muppet that is Steve McDonald said to her, oh, well, I'll stand by you, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever you've done, I've stood by you before. And she's like, but I haven't done this. Believe me, you know, we've just got married. I haven't done this. And he's like, well, you know what you like? You've done this before. And that was the thing. She felt totally and utterly betrayed. Then when she got to the police station, she realised that this guy who she had basically ruined his career because he had tried it on with her when she was 16. Right. And she had basically shopped him. And, of course, his oh. career, he said to her, you know, I've been missed promotion after promotion because of you and now I've got you. And, of course, she's been falsely imprisoned. She spends her wedding night in jail. And, of course, tonight it all follows on from there. And that's when she realised that Steve actually does believe her. He's the idiot that he, you know, um, misunderstood. Well, not misunderstood, but he just basically betrayed her a little bit. And then they spend the week trying to find the guy who planted the drugs, which, of course, they eventually will. Um, but it was just really, it really was actually very good. And I have to admit, I kind of just sort of sat watching it thinking, oh... So, poor woman spent. And I think, then Aww. I had to shake myself and think, no, it's fiction. Um, at Aww, the end of this week, quite sad and wistful now. <laughs> at the Thirty e seconds. At the end of this week, David gets viciously, viciously attacked. Really gets battered, but then you know, as you always say, he deserves it. Um, <laughs> and Gail decides to say to Joe, "Look, you know what? I don't know if I can stand by you anymore. There's too much um, drama going on here. Uh, so, does she stay with him? Mm, we shall see. Oh, we're not sure." Well, I do know, but I'm not going to say I do like Gail. You know, one time, Gail I looked a bit Gail, out of yeah. place, and I thought, I wonder if, they, if, if they're going to drop her. And now, she's such an integral part. Well, they're bringing Nick back. Her son, Nick, he's coming back from Canada, but it won't be Adam Rickett who's playing him. Who will it be? They haven't decided yet, the casting. It won't be Adam... Well, that's ridiculous. It's Adam Rickett, but isn't remember it? Remember the last time they dropped the, little, the boy who played him before, they dropped him, but Adam Rickett's in New Zealand. Stupid. It really is ridiculous. So, so she's going to go Nick, and we're going to be shouting, No, it's not. It's somebody, <laughs> it's somebody else. else. Well, it has been Susan Spence. Nobody else will do. Thank you very much. This is a website. I have to do that. Oh, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The time's 6.30. Three. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 26 minutes to 7. More from Susan Spence very, very shortly. Uh, before that, it's the sporting headlines with Phil Blacker. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Uh, Jessica Ennis and Usain Bolt were the stars of a dramatic night at the World Athletics Championships. Bolt smashed his own world record to win an incredible 100 metres final in 9.58 seconds, whilst Ennis won Britain's first gold of the Games in Berlin. She led from start to finish in the heptathlon. Liverpool manager Rafael Benitez has already had a rant at the referee after just the first game of the Premier League season. 
The Reds were beaten 2-1 at Tottenham yesterday. Defender Sebastian Bassong scoring the winner on his debut for Spurs after Steven Gerrard had equalised with a penalty. But Benitez says referee Phil Dowd should have given his side another spot kick. It was penalty. Clearly, 100%. Everybody could see that was penalty. Disappointed because I think that, uh, especially the second half, uh, we worked really hard. Tottenham, Tottenham's victory means all five of London's Premier League clubs started the season with a win. Champions Manchester United also opened with three points, beating Birmingham 1-0 earlier yesterday, although uh, they already have injury problems in defence. Rio Ferdinand missed the match and could be out for two weeks, whilst replacement Johnny Evans was forced off during the game. Andy Murray is celebrating reaching number two in the World Tennis Rankings by winning his fourth Masters title in Montreal last night. He beat one Martin Del Potro in three sets after losing the first on a tie-break, winning the decider 6-1. Murray says going past Rafael Nadal in the rankings means even more than the victory. I've never been to number two in the world before. It's something that I've, I've never done. That's that's new to me. Um, you know, and I've won a couple of Masters series now, so it still feels great. But the number two is just maybe because it's something different that means maybe a, a little bit more. Asia has its first ever golf major champion. South Korea's Yi Yang beat Tiger Woods by three shots to win the PGA Championship in Minnesota, finishing eight under par. England's Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy of Northern Ireland tied for third place, five shots behind the winner. Brett Lee is in contention for the deciding Ashes test after taking three for 37 in Australia's 103-run victory over England Lions at Canterbury yesterday. Nathan Horitz also staked a claim for a recall, taking two for 43. And there are four race meetings today. They go on the all weather at Kempton and Wolverhampton. And then there are evening events at Windsor and Yarmouth. OK, right. 21st of July was a long time ago, says Alex. It was also the last time Mr Blacker had a winner. I did have a week off in that period. Yes, oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> above. Let's get that it right. will hang you out to dry completely. <laughs> uh, now that he's broken through the £50 barrier because Spa's dancer, seventh out of 11. Oh, dear. So uh, you're now 50... It's always, a, always a gamble, that one. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Speculative. Old things gambling. <laughs> £50.74, you're in hock too. Okay. They come up with some idea how you're going to pay this money back. <laughs> uh, Honourable Endeavour for Alex, 13th out of 16. So he's now £26.27. So it's... Uh, you need to pick up, actually, mm. because today he's off to Windsor, the 6.35 for Rocket Rob. Oh, right, yeah. Rocket Rob. This morning, actually. Oh, yeah, oh, right. Uh, I'm also going to Windsor, the race before 6.05, Malt or Mash. Sorry? Malt or Mash. Malt or Mash. Yeah. Is that referring to drink, you think? Because <laughs> I think Mash, I think, is a drink, isn't it? I think, I think pe- it is, yeah. Yes, I've, I've, it, it rings a bell. I th- sorry? Jack Daniels is a sour mash. Oh, right, there you go. Yeah, malt or mash. Malt or mash. Different type of whiskey. Hey, it's a horse. We, we've worked it out. Who wants some drunken old thoroughbred <laughs> wandering around the, the, the pitch? Jumper thing? I don't think so. <laughs> we'll walk around it and we'll have a little snooze in a minute, all right? And then I'll have an apple. Right, so that's where we're going to. So it's uh, 6.35 at Windsor, Rocket Rob, and yours, Phil? 6.05 at Windsor, malt or mash. Excellent. Are we, are we any nearer getting the... Uh, the boxing stuff up? Uh, we're nearer. I, I still don't have the exact date. Hopefully Andy's still week, editing. But uh, it is now on the computer and <gasps> off the camera, so uh, there, is, there has been progress. Have right. You, have, you f- have you done your fighting? We've done the filming. Only the first training. No, he's, he's actually... Fil- oh. It's turned into, quite clearly, an <laughs> ego trip. It's got nothing to do with fighting. It's to do with, can he get himself on the LBC website? And this is the only way he knows how. So Andy has been out filming for days, it seems. And they're going to edit it down. So they film for six hours, and there'll be about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, that's, that's um, about right. Is that about right? <laughs> and then we can watch him training, and it'll be put on the LBC website. And when's the fight? 
end of October. <laughs> oh, miles away then. Yeah. Well, it's not that far. He's only just started training It'll again. Go quickly. Yes. <laughs> I think you started training yonks ago. I did, well, but he... I stopped again. Yeah. Oh. He's had a lot of a bit, trauma. A bit of a false start. Yes. Oh, he's, right. he's a little bit like Katie Price's uh, boyfriend, who's a cage fighter. That's Unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, his last cage fight, he was knocked down so fast. So he's obviously not a very good cage fighter. <laughs> Phil hasn't actually well, got to What are you suggesting? The... No, no, I was I about to say, <laughs> <laughs> you're not a very good boxer. Yeah. I think well, about his event October is very close. Well, I suppose it? it will come round very yeah. quickly. Well, the, we're mid-August now, so I suppose, what, six weeks if it's the beginning of October? Yeah, but he's, I mean, I couldn't get myself in peak fighting condition in six weeks. <laughs> six, six years. years thank <laughs> you. I, well, I'd say it before you did. <laughs> no, it'll whiz by very quickly. Yeah. And we're all when you see this chin- video, you'll just realise quite how much work I have to do. <laughs> uh, this is why the video is being done, isn't yes. it? He's, he's, he's culling the, the sympathy yeah, vote. Yeah, he is, actually, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, Phil, thanks very much indeed. Thank you. We shall see Phil back uh, tomorrow. Uh, as the uh, as Britain's Got Talent as well starts coming round again, they're now putting in new rules to stop young children appearing in it. They're saying that they should have to have chaperones. Well, I thought they had chaperones now. I'm sure I've seen a list of the artists appearing and who is chaperoning them. Uh, because some of them, you, the trouble is you can't have a little person on there like um, little 10-year-old Holly, and they said, you know, not very good, and of course she bursts into tears. You get, children do that in front of everybody, because they think they're brilliant, because their parents have pushed them. I was standing outside, it's awful to say, the stage door the other day, and Oliver. Oh, yeah. Watching the kids arriving. Mm-hmm. And because I was there and I was just killing some time. And the mums all look like pushy stage mums. I don't know why, they just look like stage mums. Whereas the little kids, especially little girls, were terribly confident. You know, glasses on their head. They can't have been any more than ten mm. if they were that. And terribly stage school kind of people. Right. They just looked a little bit like, you know, by the time they get to 15, Mummy, I'm not doing that show, OK? I'll do the all, woman in black or nothing. I can, I can imagine <laughs> that they're all like Hermione Granger types from Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. But the mums look like stage mums. It has to be said. There was a lot of Ugg boots around there <laughs> and a lot of tracksuit bottoms. That's all I'll tell you. But that's the thing, though. Do you, th- do, you, do you agree with the fact that a lot of these women are... They're pushing their children because they didn't quite make it or they're f- trying to fulfil their own dreams through their children. I always they worry about that They seem to be a thing. certain sort of person who yeah. puts their kids through this. Certain sort. I don't know whether or not that sort of puts them into a little group, but they are a certain sort of person. Mm. I, don't, I can't describe it in any other way. But although it's funny because I often wonder this myself, like, you know, when you, when you watch television programmes and there are young kiddies acting, you think, well, if I had a child, what would I think, right, OK, right, you're three years old, I'm going to put you on Coronation Street. Like, you know, yeah. they've got like, the young kiddies in Emmerdale and in Coronation Street and, and even in, in East Enders, they've all got them. And you think, well, what would make you as a parent decide, right, I'm going to put you Money. into a stage school <laughs> and you're going to be on, yeah. on a show and I want you to be in a show from a very early age so that you've got these big commitments at the ages of even four and five and upwards. For they the argue the days. kids love doing it. They love doing it. Mm. But then I've seen the beauty pageants in America where the little girls quite clearly don't want to do it. And yeah. the mother's going, you will do that. OK, practice your walk up and down. That's you can right, see the kid thinking, that do that again, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge thing in the States, though, isn't it? That yes. Miss America stuff. Oh, it's vile. It's absolutely yeah, it really revolting. Is. Little girls with false eyelashes and, and hair extensions. It's just... Just tacky. But uh, I think young people have to have chaperones to appear on television. Yeah, I would have thought They've got so. to have licences. Yeah. Uh, and incidentally, over in Big Brother, that they're all thinking that there's four million people watching. A sad report there isn't four million people watching, no matter what Davina tells you. And, uh, and you've got the usual bunch of no-hopers, Rodrigo and Charlie, who have more queenie fits between the two of them. Rodrigo, get, don't speak to it. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I don't make you this. 
I mean, he really is. Oh, dear. Lisa just spends most of her time in the garden with a fag on, doing nothing. Well, I've heard she's really manipulative and a nasty one who she's... likes her, her people around her. Yes, they were very rude to Freddie. B was especially rude to poor Freddie, who was kicked out. I, I mean, she's he was a nu- all right. Well, I thought he was OK. She was a nasty... She goes out drumming up support. She's really quite vile. Mm. I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody as... Re- she's not... So- the trouble is, she thinks she's really clever. Unfortunately, they're portraying her at the moment as a very nasty piece of work. And that's exactly how, uh, when, when she comes out, she'll be booed, people who are throwing tomatoes and stuff like that. So if you want to buy any, get, get them now, OK? <laughs> very cheap at the moment, tomatoes. Ah, which is good news. Going back to the, uh, to the soaps. Uh, yeah. And so over in EastEnders, are we? Well, yeah, in EastEnders, um, Jim is back this week. Uh, John Brandon's back on the square, oh, right, so um, Dot's very pleased about that. Uh, there's an episode on Tuesday that's quite interesting. Um, it's one of those ones that's just um, got a couple of characters in it. It's going to be Ronnie, Bianca and Dot. Um, <laughs> and Ronnie and Bianca basically come to blows during an argument um, in in the pub, and it's all to do with their, their daughters and their, and their families and stuff. But they end up sitting down and having a bit of a heart-to-heart and getting to know each other quite well. And it's quite interesting because Dot then comes back in and sort of says, you know, you remind me of um, Ethel and um, what was the other one called? The other one that was oh, in there, Ethel Lou. and... Yeah, Ethel yeah. and Lou. Oh. So it was an unlikely partnership. Um, but Dot, bless her, um, handcuffs herself to the, um, to the desk at the laundrette because, of course, Mr Papadopoulos... Uh, has given her a Have we ever seen him? Well, no, last week he <laughs> appeared, but you only saw his suit and his shoes. Oh, it right. was a bit ridiculous because two people spoke to him, and of course, the man never spoke, and all he saw was his legs and yeah. his shoes. Um, but <laughs> she chains herself to there and decides that, you know, she's not having her cards because it's time to retire, and she's not going to be doing that. So um, th- there's a few bits with, with her. Um, you know, she's in, out in of that. contract as well. Is she? Because mm. she's doing calendar girls at the moment, cuts. isn't she? Ah. Oh. Mm. So we're not sure whether she's going back yet. She's out at the she's moment. She's out at the moment doing calendar girls. Yeah, she's doing girls, calendar yeah. girls because I spoke to her last week, week before last. Mm. And I mean, she's fantastic. We love her. Oh, of I course. said you are a national treasure. Yeah, eighty-two. Of I saw her in a film the other week, and I was like, I had to stop and rewind it and think, oh my god, that's dot com. Yeah. Um, but you forget that she's she's been in a lot of things. She's all lovely. The time. I it's love just her to that pieces. You don't remember her from, yeah, from I mean, she else. really is lovely, lovely. So we'll have to wait and see what happens because mm. I think they're doing that with a load of people, load of. Um, Regular people, what they do, they get paid per episode, apparently. Per episode that they're in it. Yes. And so what they do is, if they cut your money and you get, well, I'm not over keen on that. She said they sometimes cut the amount of episodes you're in. So, of course, if you're only in two episodes in a month, you can't live on that. And yet these are people who are earning a fortune for the BBC. But also, if you think about it, if they did that with Coronation Street, imagine the likes of Rita, Emily and Betty. Yes. I mean, Betty, Betty lately has been in more episodes than she's been in the whole year. Yeah. Um, but in, people like that. And also, um, Barbara Knox has asked for time off at Coronation Street yeah. because she's got an illness that's not been revealed. Oh, bless her. We I know, well. yeah. OK, short break. Quarter to seven is the time. News headlines, Katie Radley. Thank you. As the British death toll in... A- Morning, everybody. Actually, somebody just told me about um, uh, a new scam operating in Paris at the moment. And Paris is full of scams. We'll find London's full of them as well, but I only noticed them in Paris. And Peter says, I was in Paris with a friend at the weekend. Some young Eastern European woman tried the look, I found a gold ring on the pavement scam. She said, look, it's gold, but I don't want it. You can have it, but I'd like something for it to buy some earrings. (laughs) As you do. So, so, uh, I'm sorry, but would somebody actually be that stupid to fall for that? Yeah. Really? I was in Covent Garden the other day, and I don't know what they were doing, but there were a load of women 
walking around holding bunches of flowers. Oh. In their top pocket, they had bars of chocolate, and they were persuading tourists, they were sort of, and there were some young men doing it as well. It all looked a bit dodgy, I don't know what they were doing. And they were persuading tourists to give them money, and in return, they gave them this chocolate bar thing. Now, I don't know, you're not allowed to go around, unless you've got a licence, conning money out of people. I don't care whether it's for charity or what it is, you've got to have a licence. You cannot go onto the street and just start collecting. But is that, is that the same woman that you're talking about who said, no, lucky not, white hair, no, lucky white hair? No, they though? operate outside Harrods. I've seen them. No, what you do is with them, you kick them on the knees and they go down quite quickly, actually. They all come in on the Piccadilly line because yeah. I've sat in the Piccadilly line coming in them. from Heathrow End and they've all sat there with their bags rolling up the little lucky heather and they're off because one, they're rolling yeah. up to it. And by the time they get off it, Piccadilly, they target Japanese. they've got a whole bag full of things and, you know, and... Yeah. Whilst they're there, they take over the whole carriage and talk about their holidays to Florida and here, there and everywhere that mm. they've all gone oh, to yeah. a villa and whatever. And you're like thinking, but you're rolling up bits of bits of lavender and bits of flour. In little bits of tin foil. Yeah, and they're yeah. making an absolute We just killing. call them crooks round our way. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Are. But they, they, they target the, uh, the the tourists outside Harrods and outside all the major department stores. Tell it, come, and they touch yeah. you. You touch me again, yeah. I'm going to fell you. Get okay. Simple as that. Listening on DAB in Wakefield, says Richard. Diversity, uh, they were here as half-time entertainment on the rugby yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Good for them, actually. It's probably about the only thing they, they can actually do. Because it's a little bit difficult when you've got a group that there's so many of them. You can't just say, well, listen, we can only afford £1,000. It's going to be about 10 quid each for the time you've taken off the management fees. Do you know, I think that's probably not a bad idea, them doing the sporting events, because they've got a big pitch and then they've got their sound True, system. We've seen the dance, we've seen it, haven't we? Well, it's yeah, very but... clever, but it, it's more suited to television. But they can do it, you know, they get a bit of money out of that. Yeah. Oh, well, right. we'll wait and see. Uh, Marion Maida Vale says, uh, I went to the LBC website yesterday, can I put a picture to your voice? <laughs> there you go. Gorgeous and attractive. A little bit Amazonian, do you not think? Little, you know, the blonde hair, the rippling muscles, the biceps. You know, I'm all there with Miss Marty's. I'm very, very good at that kind of thing. You can go to lbc.co.uk. Nick Ferrari after seven, uh, joined with the paper this morning with Tim Luckhurst, Professor of Journalism and the News Industry at the University of Kent, former editor of The Scotsman. They're talking about whether or not the government has lost the support of the media on Afghanistan. And don't forget, Widdy's here. After the news at 10, sitting in for James O'Brien. That's Anne Whittacombe. I feel very impersonal calling her Widdy, but everybody seems to call her Widdy round here. Is that what she calls herself? I've got no idea. I'll probably Hello, get into trouble it's now. Woody here. It's Widdy here. No, I don't think she. We were saying it the other week, though. <clears throat> yeah, we were sort of running it. I think her name's Anne. Clearly. Quite clearly, but I mean, I call her Widdy. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> Not to a face, no. I think that's quite nice. She's called Witty. It's kind of a term of endearment, isn't it, really? Yes. I think so. It has to be, doesn't yes. it? It's quite sweet. Mm. OK, finally, uh, quickly running through. So what are we looking out for this well, week? Well, I was going to say, you know what, Emmerdale is, because everything happened last week, it's it's a bit lame this week. Um, and there's, you know, they've got this new family in there called the Bartons. Well, quite frankly, I think it's time they got rid of them. They've only been there mm. two weeks. One of these families that I'm think will not take off um because they're too nicey nicey but the other thing is one of them um is up for um assault is arrested for assault this week and i think it's too early to have that kind of storyline because quite frankly we couldn't care less whether he's up for assault or he got beheaded Uh, it's that kind of thing that the characters have not been in the show long enough for us to care and they've they've brought this in too, too early, I think. And I, I just don't like them. And also the the wife in it, um, who used to be in Take the High Road, 
um, she can kind of falls out with Marlon, and we don't like that because he's an established character. So I, I'm not keen on the Bartons at all, and, I, and I'm, I'm not sure that they're actually going to take off. But um, Pollard asks Val for a divorce. Now you hate Val. That's the one that you don't like. You think I don't, I don't know what it though. is about her. There's something about her that doesn't quite sit with me. I don't know what it is. I'm sure she's very. Mind you, I get annoyed with Betty Eggleton. She drives me mad as well. She she's is a like, bit like that. She's playing what she thinks. It's like they were doing Jam and Jerusalem the other day, and someone went, oh, no, Dawn French playing that scatty, overweight, you know, farmhand woman again, yeah. which we've seen a million times before, and it's quite true. She plays exactly the same character. It's worn a bit thin. Mm. Betty Eggleton playing what she thinks is supposed to be a woman from the Dales, and that other one behind the bar is just cracked. Which one? What's her name? The Val. Yeah, Val. Well, she, there's something that happens on Friday which is a bit mad where she pretends to actually have emigrated um, to yeah. Australia, but actually what she's done is she's holed herself up in the B&B because she wants Diane, her sister, um, and Pollard to think, oh, my God, we really miss you. And so instead of going to Australia, she actually says to Terry, right, OK, I'm going to stay in the B&B until they come to their senses. Mm. Bizarre kind of thing. Dear bizarre. me. But, um, you know, I, yeah, so it's a bit of a team week because I'm not keen on the Bartons and it's the whole farce with Val. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm quite keen on is little Jamie, who's been Hollyoaks. He wants to get it together with Jenny. Um, and I think they make a really nice couple, but mm. Bob doesn't want them to get together because he slept with her once and he's frightened that she'll tell Jamie and Jamie will tell Viv. Bob? Yeah. I know. Blimey. Bit of I know, a worry. I know, exactly. You, your face completely screwed up I, there. Well, I thought he was such a drip. I've gone off Bob, actually. I used to like Bob. Well, he is a drip. I know, I know, but I used to like him. He could go. He, he could go. Yep, we he could, could lose go. him quite easily. Yeah. Also, we could lose the bloke who's got the big house. I like his house. But that's oh, Maxwell Corford. Maxwell Corford, you know, it's funny, well. I'm talking there about, I don't think the Bartons have fitted in particularly well. It's funny how the Wilds, even though Maxwell Caulfield is a rubbish actor, oh. the Wilds have fitted in beautifully into Emmerdale. Yes. Great family, really fitted. Love the um, house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love that. Is the house part of the set, I wonder? I should have asked Ben Freeman, you who's going to be with me in conversation this coming Sunday, I thought I'd mention. Um, there you go. I think, I think the house is... It's, think um, it's real. Well, the house is real itself is real, but right. the, obviously the inside is not. Right. What if the house is the house that is on the estate anyway? Because where they film Emmerdale, it's you. You, you couldn't see it. You've got to go through so much security, yeah. and it's in the middle of this of this farmland, and there there is the village. Part of me thinks that the actual home farm house is not in this part of the set, right, part of okay. the village. I think it's actually owned by somebody, and they allow them to do outside filming up right. and down the driveway. It is lovely. I love the house. Oh, yeah, it is. oh yeah. love it. Yeah. Looked like our house we had in Yorkshire. Just a bit bigger. <laughs> and more rooms. Yeah. And more land. And a different shape. So Not all- that identical. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's this week. But all the um, storylines for next week, the week of the 24th, are all up on the website, susanspence.co.uk, and on yours, the Steve right. Allen Show. Okay. You can find it. Apparently, the gold thing with the gold chains they're doing in Kilburn High Street as well. Really? So they're doing. So somebody will say, "Oh look, I found this gold chain. I, it's gold. I, I don't want it. Would you like to give me some money for it for some earrings?" No, and don't no. give money to anybody, especially around Covent Garden, who starts waving flowers under your nose and that kind of stuff. Alex on the N159 said, I had these women selling flowers on the bus the other day. They got on in Brixton, started selling on the bus. Mm. Kick them off. Kick them off. Lauren says. Somebody stopped me in the West End and handed me some lucky heather. I took it and she said, cross my palm with silver. So yeah. I gave her the tin foil back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Well it's done. an old one, I know. Yeah. They can get quite nasty, actually, so just be, just be careful. Oh, yeah, they do. Yes. They do get nasty. And I'll tell you what else I've seen recently. Have you seen Ice Cream Wars? 
Have you seen these ice cream vans that park all over the place trying to fleece the tourists with their third-rate ice cream? They've got no licences. Mm. Dreadful people. Oh, dreadful. They were, and the other people as well who got really on my nerves the other day who were selling the bus tickets for these bus tours around London. Oh, yeah. Chasing girls down the street, taking them by the arm. I might name the bus company if they're not careful and start adopting some decent practice. I saw it twice the other day. Oh, really? One man swearing at these girls because they went off with his friend to go and buy their bus tickets. Really, quite quite disgusting. And that was on Westminster Bridge. Okay. I don't know where they were the police are during all this. I think they had to get down there and start supervising it. Mm. All a bit worrying. We're such nice people. Susan, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed, even though we said goodbye to you twice today. I know. <laughs> Trying to get rid of me. Losing the plot, actually, <laughs> earlier on. I mean, it's such a funny day yesterday. It's only because I started buying Christmas, you see. Oh, have you? Yes. Yes, I've already got the Christmas crackers, and we've got the candy canes. And, yeah, that's what's uh, only you do, I've got Lally. the carousel roundabout, which is all studded with lights, which is just the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> I've also got the little machine that's got the bells on and plays all the carols. Which is nice. You see, as far as I'm concerned, Christmas, you know, comes but once a year. And it starts in August, as far as I'm concerned. Starts, you know, is it 59 yet? Oh, it's out, is it? Oh, it's LBC 97.3. Classic hits, exclusive.